Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Why, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I hope you're having a fantastic week. We had an interesting week. We went down to the University of Arizona's Panda Clinic, and I will talk about that in a separate episode down the road and talk about my experience and my ongoing experience with my child and dealing with their OCD and possibly pandas or pans. It's kind of interesting, and I want to share that with you. But not today, because we are in the throes of it, and I will talk to you when we get to the other side. I am going to be doing a YouTube video this week on how to help kids who are afraid of needles and shots, because that was a pretty big component of my week last week. And I've been preparing my child for that because I knew what was happening, but my child did not. So if you are interested in that, you can check out my YouTube video. You can go to my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash C backslash anxious toddlers 78. And you can see all my videos, but there'll be one up on Thursday of this week on how to help your kids with needles and shots, because that's something we eat, live, and breathe in my house. But today we are talking about intrusive thoughts, and intrusive thoughts are very, very tricky for parents because, one, we can't see them, so we can tell that our child is not with us, we can tell that our child is suffering based on their behavior and the questions they ask us, but sometimes it's confusing what you're supposed to do with that. And so... I want to go into one, what intrusive thoughts are, because I do feel like most people don't understand them completely. Two, how do you notice them in your child? And three, how do you help your child get through them? So it's a three-parter today. So in the first half of the podcast, we're going to talk about what it is and how to detect it. The second half of this podcast, I'm going to talk to you about how do you help your child? Now, having said that, I do need to say, and I should say for every single podcast I do, And this goes for all my podcasts, but I do want to say this, especially for this one, because I am going to be getting into therapeutic approaches at the end, that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be used to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. So if you have a therapist that you're working with, please seek out their guidance before you do any of the things I discuss in this episode. And if you do not have a therapist, you might want to go seek one out. It's not a bad thing. But if you're going to do it on your own, just know that this is not any kind of professional guidance. Okay, so let's get started. So what is an intrusive thought? An intrusive thought in general is a thought that kind of gets stuck in your child's brain and they're, they're bombarded by this thought. And so it's something that they can't get out of their head. It's something they are continuously thinking about and it's distressing. So that's pretty much the definition of an intrusive thought. So this can look very different for each child. And so the definition is simple, but how it manifests in your kid will look different for each person. So I'm going to talk about a few types. I'm not going to hit all of them because really anything that gets stuck in your head that is very distressing and very upsetting can be considered an intrusive thought. So some of the types are Um, We've covered moral OCD in episode 32, or scrupulosity OCD, as it's sometimes called. So a lot of intrusive thoughts can go under that category, where I feel like I'm going to do something bad, 
you know, I'm going to hurt people or I'm going to hurt myself or I'm going to say something inappropriate or I said something inappropriate or I'm going to ruminate over something that maybe I did three years ago that was pretty innocent, but my OCD is going to make it something that it wasn't. And so there's this rumination over things that I may or may not do or that I did do. That's that's a type. There are um, harm OCD type of intrusive thoughts where I'm like, oh gosh, what if I hurt somebody? And that could be anything from what if I left something on the floor and somebody trips on it and they get hurt, or it could be things like related to sexuality. And in fact, that's often an intrusive thought. I'm going to have really disturbing, sexually graphic, taboo thoughts, and that's going to really concern me. And so I might take something innocent or something that I like and turn it sexual, or I might look at my parents or my teachers or somebody else in a sexual way. And even though I don't want to see them in a sexual way, I'm having an intrusive thought that is making me feel dirty and making me feel wrong and gross. Or I might have an intrusive thought that says I'm a sexual orientation that I don't feel that I am. And there are other intrusive thoughts that can be completely different from any of that. And so there are some intrusive thoughts that are just things that actually are just stuck, stuck in the brain. So you can have intrusive thoughts where you have a song that is stuck in your head and not like you or me. Well, actually I shouldn't say me because I actually have this kind of problem. (laughs) Wow. Shocker. Natasha has this too. No, but mine isn't distressing. So I don't even know if it would be considered an intrusive thought, but I do get earworms a lot. Earworms are when you get like something stuck, a song stuck in your head and it's different than just, you know, having a song and it's just like in your head in the background it is like in your head and you're singing it all the time. I have a weird thing where like I have particular songs that pop up depending on my mood and what's happening. It's almost like a weird subconscious thing. So I don't think it's an intrusive thought. We won't go into it because this isn't about me, (laughs) but I do have like weird theme songs that pop up depending on how I'm feeling about a situation. And it's weird because subconsciously it's kind of like an indication for me, like, oh, I must be feeling this way about this person or about the situation because I'm having this song in my head. Totally weird. I know. But one of my kids has intrusive thoughts where they actually get songs stuck in their head. And it is much more of the classic intrusive thought. It is distressing. It's very upsetting to them. And they don't want us to play music in the car or to hum it or to sing or to do anything related to anything musical because it will get stuck in their head and it causes them a lot of distress. So that is beyond the typical, oh, I have a song stuck in my head. I've worked with kids who have had intrusive thoughts that are image related. And so they'll see something like a cartoon or um, a video game and somehow an image that was distressing to them will get stuck in their head. A lot of times I've seen this happen where they'll be watching a movie or they'll be playing a video game or they'll be um, watching a cartoon where it's something, it's a character that they relate to and they've empathized with, or they have liked or put on a pedestal. And then that character in the video game or the cartoon or the movie does something unethical or wrong. And then they feel bad that they ever align themselves with that cartoon character. And so that, that kind of hits on the moral OCD 
that we talked about in episode 32. And so that kind of sparks that, but sometimes the intrusive thought will be an image of that character. And that's very distressing to them because it kind of, it hit their moral OCD. Sometimes kids will watch something on TV or they'll catch a trailer or they'll catch an image of something that is scary to them. And then they replay that image over and over in their head. So the basic idea of an intrusive thought is that there's this distressing thing that's going on and it's like this movie that's running in their head and they can't turn off the movie. So how do you notice this in your child? It's really tricky because for starters, a lot of us don't know what our children are anxious about. And OCD is 10 times worse because a lot of times kids will hide their OCD obsessions and compulsions because they're embarrassed, they feel weird. And so it's hard enough to figure out the really big, obvious ones like, oh, I touched this and I feel gross, so I'm going to go wash my hands. Like sometimes that's not even on our radar, but to have a thought, an intrusive thought in your head, and then maybe you're mentally undoing it, and we'll talk about what that looks like in a second. I'm not going to notice that because that's completely in your head. So how can you notice this with your kids? It's tricky. So for starters, some of these are going to be pretty ambiguous. And it's not like if your child does one of these, then they, oh, they must have intrusive thoughts. Add that to the list of things they have. No, but I just want to give you like just some general things to pay attention to. And they may or may not be related to intrusive thoughts. So a lot of times kids with OCD and anxiety are misdiagnosed with ADHD. And I actually wrote an article on that. I don't think I've ever done a podcast on that topic, but I did write an article a long time ago about how to tell the difference between ADHD and anxiety and why that often gets misdiagnosed. So I'll leave a link in the show notes. So if you're on iTunes or on a app that plays podcasts, it'll be in the show notes and you can, you can click on that and read that article if that's something that you're interested in. But often kids who are having these intrusive thoughts or anxiety, but that's not what we're talking about today. Um, we're just talking about intrusive thoughts, whether it's anxiety or OCD, they will be unfocused and they'll be staring off. So if you're seeing your child kind of space out for a while, but they kind of have like a disturbed, upsetting look on their face, and maybe they don't normally have a focusing issue, and maybe they don't normally have ADHD issues, that would be one indication. Not necessarily that they're having intrusive thoughts, but maybe there's a lot going on in their brain. If your child is asking you some strange questions, like, is it normal to worry about blah, blah, blah? Or I'll give you some examples of some real life questions so that you can kind of put it in context. So I'm going to use just a general example throughout this, just so that you can get some more concrete idea of what I'm talking about. So sometimes an intrusive thought is that I want to hurt myself. I want to hurt other people. Now, if your child is saying that and you're concerned, definitely get an assessment from a mental health professional and don't just take my word for it that it's an intrusive thought. It's always good to rule out other things just to be safe, but it is a very common theme with OCD and with intrusive thoughts because they are really taboo and disturbing. And so children will often have that. If you have a child that's asking you questions like, mom, you know, do you ever feel like you want to jump in front of a car? Or if they say things like, you know, I'm really nervous because I saw that knife when you were cutting tomatoes 
And I had this weird feeling that I wanted to pick up the knife and cut myself, but I don't want to cut myself. So why would I think that? So when your child is disclosing really upsetting thoughts, but they don't like those thoughts, they don't know why they're having them. And they're, they're talking to you because they want reassurance. That is a good indication that you might want to look closer at possible intrusive thoughts. Um, sometimes a child might say something like, you know, is it normal to, you know, sometimes feel like your teacher, you know, to stare at your teacher's breasts. Now, a lot of times kids won't ask those type of questions as often as they'll ask the self-harming ones or the um, moral ones because they're so embarrassed. It's just too, it's too embarrassing to even ask you, but they might ask you something like, if I like a bad character on TV, does that mean I'm a bad person? Or they might say something like, oh, turn that show off. I don't want to see that show anymore. I never want to see that show. So like some avoidant behavior. So what you're looking at is some checking behavior. So they're checking with you. Hey, do you have these thoughts? Is that normal? Um, Some reassurance behavior. Hey, if I thought this, does it mean this? So checking and reassurance or avoidance, turn that off or don't say those particular words, or we can't go to that certain place because that gives me bad thoughts or turn the radio off. One of my kids, same kid, I'm just actually trying to be more ambiguous so that I'm not always talking about their personal things. I have three kids, so I'm going to say my children and you won't know which child I'm talking about. And that will give them a little bit more privacy. But one of my children who is the same child I was talking about before with the songs has an issue with having an intrusive thought that says you're not going to remember anything. Now we all have those, well, (laughs) maybe not everybody. I being 45 do, and maybe it's partly my problem because I do vocalize a lot. Oh no, I'm not going to remember that. Or, oh, I forget that a lot. But one type of intrusive thought, which isn't very common. I don't see this a lot in my practice, but I'm seeing it in my home is ruminating and obsessing over forgetting. So I'm not going to remember that, or I can't remember that. Um, I need to tell you this right away because I'm going to forget, or I have a horrible memory. It, It seems like a normal thought, but when you're having an intrusive thought, it's something that you think about 20 to 50 times a day. And that's not typical. And you might develop compulsions moving forward about how to prevent yourself from forgetting things. And it's not normal for a child to worry about their memory to that level. So that's another example. So when my child was very upset when music was played to the point where that person would get aggressive, it feels kind of weird trying to not, it feels weird to try to be ambiguous about my child, but whatever, (laughs) I'll get over it. Um, That kind of created a red flag for me when I saw such distress going on that I was like, what is up? Why is that so distressing? And when my child was getting really, really upset about not remembering to the point where they had to interject and could not wait for anyone else to finish their conversation. And it seemed even beyond anxiety. And they often cried about it and talked about it to a point that was excessive. Then I realized, okay, wow, this is, this is another intrusive thought that's going on. This child gets intrusive thoughts, so it was already on my radar. This is one of their big issues, but now I'm seeing what type of intrusive thoughts are happening. So that that is another good way to tell with your child. So basically, you're looking for them to be unfocused, um, distracted, 
asking you strange questions, to normalize things, to check things. And then you're looking for strong reactions related to other people's comments or seeing things or going to certain places. That's that in a nutshell. So up next, I want to talk to you about how do you help your child with these intrusive thoughts? What are you supposed to do as a parent? Because it can seem one really hard to detect, but then once you know it's there, what are you supposed to do with that? Stay tuned. That's what's up next. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Okay, so welcome back. For starters, a lot of the stuff I'm going to talk about as far as how to help your child with intrusive thoughts is going to seem a little bit counterintuitive because the first thing that most parents do that I work with is they normalize the child's intrusive thoughts. So I'll give you an example. Um, I had a child who said, you know, mom, do you ever get that feeling like you just want to like jump in front of a car, you know, or, you know, mom, do you ever get that feeling like you might just open the car door and just hop out when you're on the highway? So of course these are really upsetting questions to the parent, but the parent typically in my practice, from what I see, will answer it in a very normal way. So they'll say things like, Of course, honey, you know, we all get those weird thoughts once in a while and, you know, then we just dismiss them. And this also happens with some sexual thoughts. Um, If, if a child is brave enough to say, you know, I had this really weird sexual thoughts, really upsetting me. You know, I took this really cute cartoon and I'm seeing it do sexual acts with another cartoon character. And that just makes me feel really gross. And then you might have a parent who will say, you know, honey, you're going through puberty and your brain is going to have a lot of sexual thoughts and it's okay. We all have that. So I have sat in my office for 12 years and have listened to parents tell their kids this, you know, normalize it. And that is really the natural thing that you would thing to do. You know, your child's telling you they're having a disturbing thought. And then we try to help them by normalizing it, by reassuring them. And then we're all good to go. But ironically, you really don't want to do that because yes, we do all get really disturbing thoughts on a very small level, on a very small scale. They come in our brain and they go out of our brain before it's registered. But when you have intrusive thoughts and when you have OCD, the intrusive thoughts, they're not typical thoughts. They are the most taboo, darkest thoughts. They are there to upset you. And so your OCD can find what theme or what moral code you need to break to really upset you. And that's what it's going to present as your thought. That is the image it's going to use to bombard you with. And we don't have that. If you don't have intrusive thoughts, you don't have that. And you can't relate to that. And so when you normalize it, even though it seems like a really nice thing to do, you're actually minimizing it. And you risk shutting your child down because they're going to think that you don't get it. And then they're going to stop talking. So if I'm a child and everywhere I go throughout my day, 
I am seeing things that I can potentially do to harm myself. So I wake up and I'm not a suicidal child. I am not a depressed child. I'm a child with OCD. And so I love life and I'm not looking to harm myself, but I wake up and I come out for breakfast and I see that you're cutting the pancakes or whatever. And I think, gosh, what would happen if I just took that knife from her hand and I stabbed my throat? And then we're getting in the car and we're driving. And I think, what would happen if I don't buckle my seatbelt? You know, maybe I could die and I'll go through the window. Maybe that's what I want. You know, and then as we're driving on the highway to wherever, I think, you know, what if my hand just opens up the car door and I fall out? What if I do that on purpose? What if my hand wants to do that right now? And then I'm walking to school and I'm passing traffic. And I think, what if I just throw myself in front of traffic? What if I accidentally, or maybe what if I do it on purpose? I go off the curb and I try to get hit by a car and then I'm in school. Okay. I won't go on, but you get my point. That is nonstop being overloaded by these horrible intrusive thoughts that tell me I want to kill myself, that tell me I want to hurt myself, but I don't. So it's incongruent with how I'm feeling. It's incongruent with my true thoughts. And that is why it's so upsetting. That's why intrusive thoughts are different than suicidal thoughts or homicidal thoughts or just typical sexual thoughts is they are super upsetting because they are incongruent. They are not congruent with how I actually feel or think. And that's where the upset comes from. So when you tell me it's normal, everybody has these thoughts, I'm going to think in my head, oh oh my gosh, first of all, wow, everybody's having that? How upsetting. Life really sucks. Like we're supposed to go through life having those kind of thoughts all the time. And no, it's not normal. And we are not having those. And if we are, then we have our own intrusive thoughts. And so we're not bombarded with thoughts like that day in and day out. So you want to explain to them that, yeah, we all have upsetting thoughts that come and go, but when you have OCD, you have thoughts that get stuck. They get stuck in the brain. And on top of that, OCD will find any thought that is taboo or that would be really upsetting to you. And it tries to present it as it's your own thought. That is super comforting to kids because then that whole question of, are these thoughts mine? Do I want to kill myself? Do I want to hurt my family? Do I want to do sexual things in really inappropriate ways? That all goes away. You know, am I a pervert? It will give you the most taboo thoughts. So when you say, this is what OCD does, it's going to give you an intrusive thought that's really upsetting. That's not your own. And it's going to get stuck in your head and try to upset you and say, this is you, you're disgusting. You're a bad person. You know, you want to do this. So instead of normalizing it, educate them, educate them about what OCD is. That is very helpful. If you haven't already, you can show your child. I made a YouTube video on what OCD is because I really feel like there's like a lack of information for kids directly. And even in my office, when I try to explain OCD and I draw some like funky caricatures on the board, (laughs) I'm not an artist. I probably should take an art class before I continue to do that and subject people to my art. But I made a video and even, and I actually made the video for my online, how to parent a kid with OCD class, because as part of the class, I'm teaching you how to help your child. And so the first component of it in any, like whether I'm in my office and I'm working with a child or whether you're going to help your child, the first step is educating them on what OCD is. 
There's a huge relief when kids understand how OCD works because OCD is very upsetting when you realize one, you know, one in 200 kids have OCD and two, these thoughts are not my thoughts. They are OCD thoughts. That's very, very comforting. So I made this video and I actually wind up showing kids in my practice this video, which has been really helpful because I had a girl in my office the other day and she's on the spectrum. And so, you know, I would try to talk to her, but I I just sat the, I sat my iPad in front of her and I had her watch my video. And then this past week she was saying, I was saying something about, you know, how OCD works. And I was trying to explain it to her. And she said, I remember everything about OCD because I think about your video. (laughs) I thought that was really cute. So videos sometimes are a better way than even books or um, just talking to our kids. I mean, both doing all of it is wonderful, but I'll leave a link to my YouTube video. It's like six minutes long and it just totally explains what OCD is in a very simplistic way. So you want to do that in any way you can to educate them on how OCD works and convince them that this is an OCD thought, not their thought. Because I I remember a long time ago, I had a girl in my office and she had uh, what is actually technically called pedophile OCD where you get an intrusive thought that says you want to sexually touch children. Very, very upsetting, obviously. And she just disagreed with me that that existed. And I would pull up articles and I would show her online, look, there's a name for this, this happens. But she just couldn't wrap her brain around the fact that this is not her thought. This is an OCD thought. And obviously she had OCD in many, many other areas. So it wasn't like she was a pedophile. You know, you could roll that out. But my point is, kids need a lot of convincing that this is not their thought because OCD is very convincing and it can convince kids, no, you're really sick. This is not OCD. And the doubt is a big component of OCD. Educate your child. And the second step is don't over-process or offer reassurance about these intrusive thoughts because then you are actually just siding with OCD. And if you're like, what is she talking about? I will go into it right now, but if you want a much more in-depth explanation to what I'm talking about, watch, well, don't watch, listen to episode 27, where I talk about why reassurance does not help kids with OCD and anxiety. So that would be a really good episode to listen to, but I'll talk a little bit about it now. If I'm having a, we'll just stick with the suicidal uh, intrusive thought. I'm not, I don't like using that one as an example because I want you to take whatever your kids say seriously, but let's say it just got, it's ruled out and you really, okay, I'm going to go on a little quick tangent. Siri just wants me to talk to her and I didn't even say anything. Sorry, I couldn't find, but let's say just got, it's ruled out in your music. Hey Siri, but let's say just got it ruled out. I don't even know why Siri would say that. even make any sense. Why does she talk to me when I didn't ask to be talked to? Turn my phone off. That always disturbs me. Sometimes that happens in the middle of a therapy session, which is really weird. She'll just like, I'll be talking and then Siri will just like start talking. It's very creepy. (laughs) So anywho, I don't even know what I was talking about because Siri interrupted me. What was I saying? See, this is my memory problem. So I was talking about reassurance. And the only reason why I know that is because my notes are right in front of me. You don't want to, oh, I know what I was talking about. I was talking about suicide. So if your child is having 
these intrusive thoughts of harming themselves and they have a history of OCD or anxiety, please do not take them to a therapist that does not have any experience in OCD because they can do more harm than good because they may not realize that self-harm is an intrusive thought and it's a type of kind of like moral OCD because you don't want to, you feel like killing yourself is wrong and then you feel bad that you're having that thought. So go get assessed by an OCD therapist. And if you don't know one, you can go to the International OCD Foundation. I O, oh my gosh, I international. Okay. I O C D F.org. <laughs> and they have, um, find help button. So do that. But you also don't want to offer reassurance and, or some overprocessing that validates the thought. I'll give you an example, and we'll use this suicide one just because it actually pops up more often than not. So if a child says, you know, mom, I, I love my life, but for some reason I saw you, you know, cutting something and I thought, what, what would happen if I took that knife and I slit my wrist? Something really horrible. You don't want to hear your child say that. Well, if you say to them stuff like, well, you know, do you, do you feel like hurting yourself all the time or, um, well, you probably wouldn't do that though. You know, if you're feeling that way, you should just come and talk to me. When you overprocess like that, then you're actually confirming that that thought is real and that thought is concerning. So you want to be really careful. Get some professional help if your child is saying that. There are other intrusive thoughts that maybe wouldn't make you as nervous, but are still there. Um, let's use another one that's a little bit more innocuous, like, if your child says something like, mom, remember three days ago when you asked if I took that gum and I said, no, but I'm thinking that maybe I did, but I don't remember. So this is a classic moral OCD uh, concern that they're having this intrusive thought that they may or may not have done something that would be morally corrupt in their mind. And so if you go down that road and you process with them, well, did you mean to take it or, um, did you go into my purse? That doesn't help because that is validating their thoughts instead of saying something like, you know, that's your OCD, tell your OCD, I don't want to talk to it. So you don't want to offer too much processing or too much reassurance because when you do, even if you're trying to gauge whether this is a legitimate thing or not, it can sometimes do more harm than good. It is hard when you're not sure at first whether this is an intrusive thought. So at first you're going to mess it up. <laughs> no offense. You're going to because the first time your child says something like, you know, they want to hurt themselves or they have this really weird, bizarre sexual thought, you're going to have a very typical mom or dad response. And that's okay. Once you realize, okay, they're having intrusive thoughts and this is their theme then you don't want to process it every single time. I've had parents in my practice where I will say, I've ruled out any suicidal ideation. They're not depressed. They're disturbed by these thoughts. You know, Clinically, I'm telling you, your child is not suicidal. They have intrusive thoughts and they're going to be suicidal in nature. And please don't over-process it with them or humor them by actually you know, talking about it in any long, detailed way. And some parents will still do that. You know, every time a child will say something new, like, you know, I, I'm worried I'm going to open the door when, when the car is going. 
well, why would you say that? You know, are you having a bad day? Are you, and it's like, oh my gosh, please stop. (laughs) You already know this is an intrusive thought. Just tell them um, that's your OCD, not you, or tell your OCD to leave you alone, whatever, but don't humor them and walk down and process that. So in general, the best way to respond to your child is one, it really helps to just identify it as OCD in the beginning. So saying things like that's an intrusive thought, or you're having an intrusive thought, or I wish those intrusive thoughts would leave you alone. Or if they're asking for reassurance or they're asking something from you, which is the compulsion part of the obsessive thought, then you would say, I'm not talking to your OCD or tell your OCD to leave you alone. Or I wish that OCD didn't want to talk to me, or I wish OCD would leave you alone. Any of those help identify to your child that's an OCD thought and you're not feeding the OCD by engaging in that conversation. That's what the OCD wants. So there are other things that you can do to help um, that are like supplemental to what I just talked about. And some of them are, well, I'm going to talk about one that's supplemental, and then I'm going to talk about kind of the meat and potatoes of how you really get rid of intrusive thoughts as far as the distressing component of it. So mindfulness is definitely helpful as a supplement. I don't feel like mindfulness can get rid of OCD or anxiety, but I do feel like it's a useful adjunct. It's a useful tool in conjunction with some of the bigger players of your toolkit. So there are tons of mindfulness apps. And basically what mindfulness is, is teaching anyone and your child (laughs) to train their brain to rein in their thoughts. I mean, I completely suck at mindfulness (laughs) because my brain is so anxious. It's constantly thinking. And so I got the Calm app. If you haven't heard of it, it's really good. The Calm app. Uh, There's also, I think there are actually tons of other apps for meditation for kids, but I like the Calm app because there are, there is a, I think like a seven days of mindfulness challenge, which I took. And it was actually really hard for me to just focus on my breath or focus on something other than my thoughts. There are, there's a kid version in that. And there are also tons of other apps that um, are directly designed for kids. So teaching your child how to kind of rein in their thoughts is really helpful for kids who are having intrusive thoughts, because just to get that reprieve of not thinking about those thoughts can be very helpful and very healing, but it's not going to get rid of them. So that's why we have to talk about other ways as well. So you do want to find out if your child is doing anything compulsion related to get rid of these intrusive thoughts, because more often than not, there is a compulsive component to intrusive thoughts. And a lot of times it could be mental. So some children will do praying or they'll have to say certain things or do things in a certain way mentally. Or a lot of times the compulsion that I see in my practice is checking, checking with the parent. And so, you know, I just have to tell you that I'm having this thought and maybe you have to say a certain thing back to me and then I feel okay. Or for some kids, and this is kind of the hard part is they just have to tell you, you don't have to say anything back. So you really can't control that compulsion, but you want to ask your child if they do anything. This is probably how I would frame it. You know, when you're having that really upsetting thought, is there anything that you can do or that you do do that will make you feel a little bit better? 
that is my subtle way of figuring out if a child is having a compulsion related to an intrusive thought, because normally if they are, they'll say something like, well, yeah, you know, sometimes if I count to nine, three times, then I feel better. Or, well, I know this is silly, but I pray in my head. They'll say something that will give you a clue of what their compulsion is. Now, some kids may not have any compulsions that they're aware of. It might just be avoidance. You know, I just avoid that image or I avoid going, you know, I avoid watching TV now or I avoid certain people, but avoidance is still a compulsion. So once you know all of that, the best way to deal with intrusive thoughts is through ERP. I love, love, love ERP. I talk about it all the time. Exposure response prevention. It is the number one way to help kids with OCD. And I also think it is a very effective tool with anxiety. So if you don't know what ERP is, of course, I've made a YouTube video on it (laughs) and you can watch it. I have left the link in the show notes, which is just a brief video on, Hey, this is what ERP is because I knew I was going to talk about it a lot on my podcast and on my YouTube channel. And so I just made a video so that I could just be like, okay, we're not gonna have to go into it. Just watch the video. But in general terms, intrusive thoughts like your OCD doesn't want you to think about it. But when I say to you, Hey, you out there in radio land, don't think about a white elephant. Like a white elephant is sitting right next to you right now, you know, in your car or at the gym or, Hey, you're doing the dishes, but your white elephant is sitting there or you're doing laundry. A white elephant just popped out of your dryer. You're imagining that now because when we try not to think of something, obviously we think about it more. I I have Chinese handcuffs in my practice. You know, those I don't know if you know what those are, but like, you know, you put your fingers in and then you try to pull in a natural sort of way to get your fingers out and they, it tightens and it gets stuck. I use that as a great analogy for kids because the more we try to not think of something, the more we think of it. So you want to teach your kids to lean into it. And instead of trying to fight that thought and say, I can't have that thought because if I have that thought, I'm disturbed and I don't want to be disturbed. So I can't have that thought. You teach them to accept the thought. Yep. I'm having another OCD thought. This is what my OCD does. It tries to make me feel gross or it tries to make me feel bad or tries to make me think that I want to do that, but that's just my OCD. That is not me. So instead of trying to not think of it and distract yourself or think of something else on top of it, all the maybe typical therapy techniques that maybe someone would do if they weren't really aware of OCD and how to treat it, you don't want to do that. You want to lean into it and say, yep, I'm having that thought. There it is again. And ironically, when you don't fight it, but you accept it, OCD loses its power over you or the child. So there is something called acceptance commitment therapy, ACT. And that's a big proponent of ACT is acceptance. Like instead of fighting, you accept it. Yep. This is my OCD. It loves to make me think that I'm sick, that I'm a pervert. And here it is again. You're like, oh, you think that's cute? Let's just do something weird and sexual about it. And now we're going to like have this intrusive thought. Yep. That's just my OCD. That's not me. That's what my OCD loves to do. So teaching your child to accept is a big one, which I know that's really hard. And you might need to get a therapist to help you do that. You know, maybe your child's embarrassed. And so some, someone outside of your home would be a little bit more effective than you. I also try to explain to kids that to beat OCD or anxiety, you have to jump into the pool and get wet and it's freezing at first and you don't like it, but then 
you acclimate, you get used to the water and then it feels okay. And it's the same thing with intrusive thoughts. So with ERP, and this is going to sound really weird. And that's why, you know, if you don't feel comfortable and you don't know what you're doing, either learn what to do, take my online course, because my online class goes through all of this really in detail. There's like 39 videos and all these forms and worksheets that you can do to, to learn how to do ERP at home or go find a therapist, you know, go to the IOCDF.org website and find a therapist that specializes in OCD and they can help you because I'm about to tell you something really weird. And that is you want to expose your child to their intrusive thought. So what does that look like? Well, briefly, we'll talk about it. Instead of them being afraid of thinking about it, you want them to think about it more. So I'll give you an example. I had a little girl in my office a few years ago and she had seen this cartoon and the cartoon character was really cute and innocent. And then it did something that upset her OCD, maybe midway through the cartoon. And so she would have this intrusive thought about this cartoon character. She would see it all the time. And so to to me and you, we'd be like, well, big deal. You see this cartoon character. I mean, it's cute. It's a cute little cartoon character. Like how, how is that upsetting? But it was, you know, in her seven-year-old mind, seeing that cartoon character like nonstop in her brain throughout the day was very, very distressing. So she stopped watching TV and then she stopped going over to her friend's houses because she was afraid that she might encounter, they might turn the TV on. She stopped going to stores because she thought she might see that character on the shelves, you know, through like toys and products. So she started to become very avoidant of a lot of things. And then she started to be afraid of the certain color that the character was. And so she couldn't say the name and people couldn't wear the color around her. So you can see where OCD and an intrusive thought that seems pretty simplistic can balloon out and really impact a child's daily functioning. So what did we do with that child? The opposite of what you would think. We actually got images of that cartoon character and slowly I would expose her to an image. And so I'd pick one image. So at first we just, I had her draw the cartoon character over and over again. And I would rank it, you know, on a one to 10 scale, what number would you be if I had you draw that cartoon character? And she'd say something like a four or a five. So as long as in my mind, this is the way I work in my therapy office, as long as it's not over a six, then I will normally do that as an exposure challenge. So sometimes kids will be at a seven, but they really want to do it. And if they're motivated, I will still go with it. But in general, I'm looking for a five or a six or a little bit lower. So she drew this cartoon character over and over again. And then eventually we found an image online and I showed her one image and I would have her stare at the image until she felt okay. So as she's watching the image, I'd say like, what number are you? And then she'd be like, I'm a four. And then a few minutes later, I'd say, what number are you? And she'd be like, I'm a three. And then she'd start saying, how long am I going to have to stare at this? And she would start to get bored. And then over time, I'd say, what number are you? And she'd be like, I'm a one. It's not bothering me. And then we found a new image. And then we made stories about her and this character doing something bad together. So really leaning into that intrusive thought that she liked this cartoon character who was initially good and then turned bad. And then incorporating writing a script, it's what they call it, where she and this cartoon character did something bad together. So basically, we're just building up exposure of the thing that she was having intrusive thoughts about. And you can do that with anything. 
You know, if your child is having suicidal thoughts, then you have them imagine doing the thing that their OCD is is saying is scary. And they can make it funny eventually, but you kind of want them to deal with the the scary thought at first. You know, imagine that you do. We're driving along and you just open up the car door and you pop out. You know, let's talk about that. So get the guidance of a therapist, um, you know, or take my class and really learn how to do this approach so that you feel comfortable because it is, it can get a bit technical, but the main thing is you don't want to enable your child by helping them avoid whatever intrusive theme they're having. And so the worst thing you can do is say, well, let's not go to that store because she's having that thought or, you know, let's hide all the knives because, you know, she gets intrusive thoughts about knives You want to teach them, this is an intrusive thought. This is not your thought. This is an OCD thought, or this is an anxious thought. And we don't need to hide from that because the more we try to not have that thought, the more you're going to have that thought. So sit with it, say, yep, here's my thought. And we want to expose our kids to those things in a natural sort of way. And then eventually, depending on your comfort level, you want to do some systematic exposure. I call them challenges, but technically they're exposure exercises. So you want to systematically expose them to these exercises to get rid of it. Now with that little girl in one session, I kid you not, she was rapidly exposing herself. And we got to the point where she was staring at images of this cartoon character and she had no problems after that. You know, it doesn't typically happen that fast. She just really needed to just be exposed because she was so avoidant. And then once she was exposed, it just lost all its power. And she realized it wasn't scary. And she kind of like called her OCD's bluff and she won. And that was the end of that. Now, other things might pop up and they did, but then it was easier to take care of because she already knew what an intrusive thought was and how we were going to tackle it. So that's what you can do at home. And I hope that that helps give you some ideas on what intrusive thoughts are, and how or where do you start in helping your child. So I hope you're having a wonderful week, and I hope you're enjoying my podcast. And if you are, there is a very simple way to give back. If you're watching on iTunes, there are stars, and you can like literally just hit a star. It will take you probably one second, and that gets added to you know how well people are liking this podcast. And it's very helpful for me, because it makes me feel good, (laughs) but it's very helpful for other parents because there are a zillion podcasts out there and people need to get good feedback. I know when I'm searching for a podcast, I look and say, how many ratings does this have? Is this worth my commitment? Because it's a commitment of time. So if you are enjoying my podcast, you can hit a star. If you're feeling very giving, I would super appreciate you writing a review. So under the star, there's maybe like a little blurb of maybe an example of, um, a review, and then it says write a review. So if you click that, you can write a review and I read every single review I get. And it's very inspiring for me. (laughs) It is because it's just nice to hear that I am helping and that what I'm telling you is resonating. So if you have a few minutes, you can write a review and I would completely appreciate it. If you have zero minutes, you can still hit a star and that is helping me greatly. So I hope you find the sparkle in everything you do, and I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.